I was never a good student growing up. I never got the best grades. My parents would be very disappointed to admit that. But yes, I just didn't enjoy learning because I just didn't feel like it related to me. Oh, wow. I was like, where is like knowing what like a mitochondria, where is that going to happen in my real life? What are we talking about today? Breaking news! We're not talking about any news! That's right, we're going to do an interview. And we're going to do interview Malika Sahai. That's right. Sahai! From Census. She is the head of internet online sales at mm-hmm. Census, where I work. Get census.com. <laughs> What's up? I'm Percy. This is Mercy. Mercy is... Full the laundry. <laughs> Full the laundry. <laughs> Welcome to the brand new hit, critically acclaimed, internationally lauded morning show called the... Whoa, practicing some new versions of this. Dude, what are we talking about today? Technically, we're doing an interview and we're interviewing someone he worked with, Malika Sahai. That's right. Malika Sahai is a coworker of mine at Census. And so we are picking up our interview game and she is our uh, new interviewee. Interviewer. We're the interviewers. Oh, we are? Yeah. Does anybody ever call them interviewees? I don't know. Take it away, past Percy and Percy. Past us. Take it. Take it away. I don't know. Take it out. Two weeks ago. That's right. Percy and Percy. That's right. Malika, welcome to the Half Calf Show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're pumped to have you. We, uh, you know, we're all we're kind of new at the whole interviewing thing. We're yeah, we've only done like five. We oh, haven't done, we haven't we've done three. Oh. Well, we managed to be number four. Yes. Did some research in your background. We've got some hard hitting questions. What what did you want to know? What brought you to census? Joining a new company is always three things I think about. It is the product, the people, and the like learning opportunity. The problem census solves is very near and dear to my heart. I think the first time I was introduced to Boris, what I, my first sentence to him was like, thank you for building a product like this. I personally mm-hmm. have been waiting for years. Yeah, um, I've sat on many sides of the data problem from sales operations to sales to like product management. And so just realized like this problem is such a big one and it's incredible that this company is solving it. The second one is the people. VP of marketing at Sourcecraft said this best is when you interviewed a company, find that soul connection with the people. And as soon as I talked to Boris and Syl and Brad um, and Sean, I felt that soul connection. This is the group of people who I want to learn with, uh, solve tough problems with, celebrate wins with, and fail with. And then just the learning opportunity, the road ahead for us. We have so many exciting things to do. All that made it a no-brainer to join. Totally. Totally get it. Worked in, in the CRM space before, and it's like one of the first things we solved there was just trying to help improve importing data. Like that was like the critical thing everybody needs to do was like get more data into the CRM. The fact that like we're tackling that problem here across many, many, many services was like, oh, that's really interesting. And then, like you said, you know, like I go back years with a friendship with Sean. And so it was like, I was just like, what are you up to? Finding out he was working on this. And it, it too was like, 
this would be amazing to work with you. And you've clearly surrounded yourself with some really cool people to work with. What is something you struggled with in school or just in general? Yeah. I was never a good student growing up. I never got the best grades. My parents would be very disappointed to admit that. But yes, I just didn't enjoy learning because I just didn't feel like it related to me. Oh, wow. I was like, where is like knowing what like a mitochondria, where is that going to happen in my real life? Only realized in college when I started taking classes where I'm like, oh, wait, this makes sense. This is what I see every day. That's where I realized, like, oh, there is this world of learning that is so interesting. And so that's how I picked my college majors. That's how I've picked my jobs. I've done a lot of different things. And it's really just been chasing tough problems that are interesting. And so that growing up, I always struggled with, and there was a question of like, do I even like learning? Do I, right. like, am I motivated by it? And now I found that there's so many fascinating things that I feel like I'm just playing catch up. That's amazing because like then you became you've been a teacher, right? I mean, you were teaching math. I have, yes, I was a middle school math teacher for two years, which was a really interesting experience of like, okay, I've been in my student's shoes. I hated math growing up. I didn't like sitting in class. Like, what can I do to make this more interesting? And so, yeah. my view was like, how can you use math as a vehicle to like teach? life lessons. And yeah. so even when we had to learn about uh, like decimals with addition and multiplication, it was like, okay, let's do this in like, we're going shopping and you have a certain budget and you need to balance a checkbook and you have an order catalog. So like, how do we bring this to like daily life? And that was one thing of like, okay, I've sat in their shoes. How do I take my own personal experience um, and actually bring it, flip it over and bring it to my students? That realization about like, learning and then to be able to bring that then back to students is is really incredible. So this brings us to your next question. You wanted to see if she had any tips, right? Any like advice on how to get better at something that like is hard or like you've had tough times doing. Yeah. She thought you as a teacher, like you said, like might might have some more tips on on just getting better at something that you might find yourself not very good at. I think for me what I've realized is in tackling hard topics, understand what you know and understand well. And then what are the parts that you're struggling with? And don't be afraid to ask for help. I think a lot of people view asking for help, asking questions as like a sign of weakness. I've actually realized that is actually everyone's biggest asset, yeah. especially when you surround yourself with people who are so supportive and excited to help you be successful. Um, yeah. It is such a great opportunity to learn so much and learn different perspectives. And so I, my advice is ask questions. I always say like, if you don't feel like you're asking too many questions, you're actually not asking enough. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we've, I, we've talked about that a lot, right? This thing I learned in school was the fact that as you soon as should I should ask questions, yes, I went through those curves of like, I'm not a, I was a good student, then not a good student. Like I got into high school, I was like sucking at math, but then it was like, I wanted to give up. But then I felt like as soon as I started getting into this groove of asking my teacher questions and help, things finally started clicking and like everything turned around for me. It makes it, that the work you're doing, things you're, you're not doing it alone. It becomes this like group activity, which just makes it so much more interesting. Yeah, that's true too. Like any partner thing, yeah, it gives you more motivation, I guess, right? So true. I think we had one last yes. question. Okay. Yeah, one more question. <laughs> Did it take time to get good at talking like you are now or whatever? Yeah, I mean, you are the head of online sales at Census. You talk to a lot of people did, uh, yeah, were you always good at talking to people? Is it a skill you've kind of had to learn? Any kind of tips like you have? how much time, if it did take time? Yeah. The answer is no. I was 
definitely not always good at it. Uh, public speaking for me have, has always been something that has made me nervous. Um, probably up until maybe like a year and a half ago, I still used to get very nervous before a customer call, before giving mm. a presentation. And that was like the core part of my job. In terms of becoming more proficient at it, uh, I think just like I put myself in a lot of situations where I was forced to do it. So yeah. even like high school, I joined the debate club just so I would have a reason to have to do it. Quickly quit because I was like, nope, I don't want to do this like every day. But that was a good experience. Even in college, I uh, joined like leadership roles and extracurriculars just to give myself kind of that those practice opportunities. And then interesting is when I joined sales, I realized that there's things that I'm going to love about it. And there's areas of sales that will push me out of my comfort zone. Being in front of customers on a daily basis was something that was going to push me out of my comfort zone. And so it really just was, how do I keep putting myself in those uncomfortable situations to get used to it and feel more comfortable over the years? Now it's like, okay, it's still something that is a little bit out of my comfort zone, but it feels like second nature. And so it's really just find those things that put you out of your comfort zone and find opportunities to make yourself go do that. And so for me, sales has been a great opportunity to give me an opportunity to keep practicing this and over time becoming better at it. I think a lot of people shy away from something that doesn't feel natural. Like they try and not, they try and do it as least often as they can. Totally. As often as they can yeah. to put this up in the situation. Yeah. Well, actually, one of my former colleagues told me this uh, saying that has stuck me for a long time is there's no growth in comfort. And so that's what I think about. I was like, what are the things that make me feel uncomfortable? And they feel uncomfortable because I'm going to grow in those opportunities. I talked to a lot of fantastic companies. When I talked to the census team, I realized like this is the opportunity that makes me the most nervous. And in digging in like what about that, I realized like this is actually where I'm going to grow the most. This is the one that's going to push me out of kind of things yeah. I've done before, push me into like out of my comfort zone, which means like that is the good thing. That is where I should be going. Even just on our runs, you've been running every morning and it's something that like wasn't very comfortable at first. Yeah, I stopped like five times. Yeah, but then you like grow and you now you run like over two miles without any stopping, but it was uncomfortable and you finally figure this out. And I yeah. mean, it still is uncomfortable a little bit. Totally. You know, like four. Yeah. Miles. Yeah. So Malika, like this, obviously we wanted to, you know, do more of these interviews to encourage I guess, attention that we need more people to work at census. Like we're still tiny and we need help. There's so much work. The stage of company that census is at, the types of problems we're solving are so unique. Even the way I think about it, it's like the problems that we're focused on are all of the right type of problems you want to be spending your time on. Yeah. Um, and given that the company is still so young, there's so many different things to do. You're solving incredible problems with incredible people. And this in my opinion, is a once-in-a-lifetime career opportunity. And so I know so many people out there are looking for career-changing opportunities. Census is 100% one of those. Yeah. Thank you so much for the time to do this interview with us. Of yeah. course. But appreciate you both doing this. And it was so nice to finally officially meet you. Bye. Awesome. Thanks a lot. All right. Bye. Bye. That's the interview. Hopefully you enjoy it. We gotta, I guess, do a joke. Do you have a joke, Andy? The jockey wear, wear bunny ears. It's one of those your made-up jokes? Yeah, that... yeah, yeah. I have a good one. You know what it's time for? What? The joke of the day, also known as the Cooper Morning Percolator, upset. She's upset. She's really dumb, but she's really, really a seahorse. But she's really, really a raccoon. But she's really, really, really a koala. But... She's really, 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 really a whale, but she's really, 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 really 
a goat. That was five, right? I think it was six, dude. Eh. <laughs> Why did the Chihuahua not wear bunny ears on Easter? Why did the Chihuahua not wear bunny ears on Easter? I don't know. Because his ears are already huge, just like bunnies. Is that true? A chihuahua has large ears? I, I think I might thought of the wrong animal. <laughs> or the wrong type of dog. <laughs> See you hopefully in a couple days. Bye! Bye!